going to take communion as a family, as a community. Yes, Father. So, if you have your communion elements, yeah. intercessors because we can be intercessors where we take the needs of the people to the Lord. Mm -hmm. But there's a prophetic intercessor in nature where we take the things that are upon the Lord's heart and we bring them before the people. Yes, yes. We declare them over the nation. We take what's in his heart and we begin to pray that out and speak it forth over our cities, over our nation. There are judgments that the Lord has laid. The Bible tells us in Revelation that when the bowls were full, we see that when the sins of the people were full, then the wrath of the Lord was poured out. And there are judgments that are coming that the Lord has said, this is set. Mm -hmm. May the the prophetic intercessor who sees the heart of the Lord and his desire is not to destroy but to have mercy. Mm -hmm. And will begin to cry out for those areas, cry out for those people, cry out for the cities and cry out for the things where the Lord has said that the sin has become too great and this is happening. And we will say, Lord, but we know your heart. Like you did with Jonah. Where Jonah ran because he said, I know if I go and I speak forth this judgment and the people repent, you will turn. Mm -hmm. And he says, and I will look like a false prophet May we be willing to look false in the eyes of people that we might be right in the eyes of the Lord. Paul writes, This is for I received from the Lord in 1 Corinthians 11. That which I also deliver to you. 
that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. Everything at that moment about Jesus' life, at that very moment, it began the passion which we know in the eyes of the people he would look like he was false. They would crucify our Lord of glory. The enemy thought he had him. But he did not know the plan of God. I believe in this hour and in this day, we will have to live out Isaiah and believe it more than ever that his ways are higher than ours. That his thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways. And we're going to have to believe in his thoughts and his ways like never before and let go of our own. Yes. We're going to have to let go of the way that we see things, the way that we think things, because if we don't, we will think the Lord is unjust in his ways. Because we are looking with our own natural eyes and feeling with our own natural feelings. But he has already told us, my ways are not your ways. Yes. My thoughts are not your thoughts. He says, my ways and my thoughts are higher than yours. He has already told us that the way you see and the way that you think about things are not from my vantage point. And it is in this night where it looked as if all had failed. All of the disciples would flee. But it was because they didn't know the ways of the Lord. No. They didn't know that his ways were higher. They did not know that in order for a new decree to be given by a king, the old king had to die first. They did not know that a king cannot change his decree once it has been given until the king dies. And only then can a new decree, a new law, a new covenant be given. It's my prayer that as we prepare to take communion, and we're going to do that. But it's my prayer as my heart is so stirred that for myself, for us as intercessors, that we come up higher, that we ask the Lord to open our eyes to see his ways because we will be called in the days coming forward we will be hated we will be told that we are liars and we are not lovers and will, we will be told this by people who have sat beside us in church come on now by family members 
we will be told this by people in our neighborhood, in our block, who have embraced the ways of the world but have not embraced the ways of the Lord. Come on, that's the truth. He will tell you things in prayer. You will hear things and you will say, no, I, 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 no, I don't know about that. And it will war against your own sensibilities. It will war against the things that your parents taught you, that you've learned through life. Because his righteous ways are higher than mine. His thoughts are higher than mine. It's like us as parents when our children were young. You would make certain decisions and they didn't like you for it because they didn't understand that you've lived a little and now your ways and thoughts and understandings are higher than theirs are. And it's not until our children become adults that they begin to say, oh, I understand now why you did that. And our Heavenly Father is wanting us as children in like manner to trust in His ways. To trust in His thoughts. To embrace His ways and His thoughts even when they go completely against everything we have learned and seen in this life for His ways. When he says to lay down your life, but everything within you and everyone around you says no, fight for your rights. But he says lay down your life and your rights. He is the one who is right for his ways are right. He says, in the night in which Jesus was betrayed, <sighs> he was in the midst of being betrayed and he took the body. See, how we handle betrayal determines the measure of authority we will walk in. Had Jesus not been betrayed, he could not and still walked in love and still did it. It could not have been complete for us and it could not have been an example for us. How you and I handle betrayal will speak to the measure and level of authority that I'm ready to walk in. Jesus. And you walk with him. Even when those closest to you, because we cannot be betrayed by someone who's not close. It's not betrayal. We don't mm. expect much from them. It is only betrayal when someone we trust, someone we love, someone we've opened our life to and given measures of our life turns on us and stabs us in the back. Jesus. 
Son. How do you walk with Jesus and the Father and the Holy Spirit in that situation? In situations like that, in the night in which Jesus was betrayed, it says he gave thanks. He was seeing, he was seeing from a higher perspective. He was walking the earth, 100% God, but 100% man. He was in a human body. He knew what was coming. And in the very hour, we are told in John, that when he handed Judas the bread, Satan completely possessed him, it says. It, it, Satan entered him. Right in his midst, he had a disciple who was listening to the voice of the devil and became possessed in front of him. And Paul writes that in that night, he gives thanks. Can we thank the Lord in the midst of our betrayal? My Bible tells me, these are Jesus' words. He says that in the last days, he says, men will be betrayed by those of their own household. It's just that in that day, daughter-in-law will be against mother-in-law. Hmm. Parents against children, spouses. Will you give thanks to the Lord in your hour of betrayal? Oh my God. Oh my God. Will we, in that very moment, walk with Him when we are being betrayed by children? that we raised children gave birth to children who may have embraced demonic doctrines and turn against everything you raised them to be will you give him thanks and walk with him this is the gospel that we don't like to talk about my God, I know that's right. But it's the hour that we were born into, that we were created for, to carry, be carriers of glory in this midst. Will you give him thanks when family members, close, dear friends, reject the glory that is upon your life and turn you over they rat you out. Jesus. You saw it coming when they wanted to tell you to tell on your neighbor if they're leaving their house when we had a lockdown. It was setting the stage 
for what is to come. Tell on your neighbor if they're having prayer meetings. What will you do as an intercessor? If there's decrees that go forth in your city that say you cannot pray or gather, will you love the Lord and His way? What will you do if a family member goes to the authorities and says, so-and-so, my loved one, they are a Christian and they pray like they did with Daniel. He prays five times a day. You said in this city that no one can do that. They must worship you. What will you do when it comes? It says that Jesus gave thanks in that moment. (laughs) Yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to step into the authority that you have for me. Thank you that you've given me an opportunity to have more of your authority, more of your power. See, we don't understand that his ways are higher, that he gives us, he allows these opportunities to come before us. That when we pass, more oil is poured out upon us. Luke chapter 3 into chapter 4. After these things, it says, what things? Jesus was baptized. It says immediately his ministry began at the age of 30. And the very first thing that happened is that the Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness. To be tempted mm. of the devil. Jesus. Why? Because God does not tempt. Neither can God be tempted. But God does test. And he uses the enemy to promote us. The enemy thinks he's trying he's trying to destroy us. But God is like, I will use his nature. Because in verse 14 of chapter 4, after Jesus was tempted, it says he returned in the power of the Spirit. Yes, God. He passed the test, the temptation of the enemy, the test of God, and more oil was given for his lamp. There were ten virgins, five wise, five foolish. Five kept oil, five did not. But we keep oil. He gave thanks in his hour of betrayal. In his hour of betrayal, he gave thanks, saying, I don't trust in man and war for my own way, nor will I. I will not fight to have my voice heard, for people to understand my heart, for people to understand I will simply entrust myself to you, Father. And Jesus was given the name that is above every other name. In the hour of my betrayal, 
handle is a determinant if there's more oil from the Father being released to me for greater authority. And I can tell you, I have not always handled that well. But I thank God, I thank God that the eyes of my understanding have been opened just a little. Thank you, Lord. That I understand that the things in this world that people say get revenge, fight, protect yourself, do this and do that, that the Lord says, no, trust me. And you say, but it hurts, Lord. He says, I know, but trust me. I'm pouring more glory out upon you. The day is coming that we will all have opportunities to be betrayed for this kingdom, for this gospel. I'm not talking about being betrayed for other things. I'm talking about for the gospel of the kingdom. And you will have an opportunity to love him in the midst of it and allow him to pour more oil and authority upon you. And if you pass, and when you pass that test, now all of a sudden there will be prayers that shape nations that come from you. There will be decrees that you heard in prayer in heaven that are released that will shape the nation. And he keeps going. He broke the bread after giving thanks. He says, take and eat. This is my body. It is broken for you. Jesus' life, his body had to be broken. For you and I to even be on this prayer call, to be here on this call now. Yeah. He had to be broken. Why? The Father's ways are higher. In order for the devil to be defeated, he had to be defeated as a man because God is a king. The Father is a king. He does not stoop down to fight subordinates. It's why he sent us and said, have dominion. We are waiting for God to do what he cannot do as a king Uh when he's assigned for us to do. When he did not do it, in order to change the decree, he had to come. But he had to come as a man. And he had to fight as a man. And he had to die as a man who was king, king of glory, in order to write a new decree. His body was given and was broken for you and I because his ways, the Father's ways, are higher than not my ways. None of us would have done it. But he sees and knows and understands what we do not. His thoughts are higher. We would not have thought it, but he did. And this body is broken. And Jesus said, do this, do it. 
Break it. Eat it. He says, do it as often as you would. Why? Remembrance. That word remembrance means memorial. You're creating a memorial to me every time you do it. He says, every time you do this, you break the bread. You're raising up a sweet fragrance unto me. You're setting a memorial stone in the earth of the victory that I won over the kingdom of darkness, over Satan's defeat, his destruction. You're raising a memorial of my broken and battered body because this is the new decree. It had to be done that the new decree, the new covenant could be written. The one that was forged on better promises. For now the spirit can be poured out upon all flesh. Not just kings and priests and prophets. So let's take the body and break it. Broken for me. Why? Because the Lord's ways are higher than mine. They're righteous. They're altogether lovely. They are perfect. And we say thank you for your ways. Yeah. For if his ways and thoughts were not higher, we would not be here this very moment to say thank you. To construct and erect this memorial. So we break the bread. And we say, Lord Jesus, your body is all sufficient for us. Paul writes, Paul tells the Macedonian church, he says, I have found the secret to contentment in life. He says, I know how to be abased. I know how to abound. I know how to have nothing. I know how to have everything. He says, here is the secret to contentment. I can do all things through Christ Jesus, my Lord. He says, I can live in any situation. I can go through anything because this broken body in our hand right now, he says, is more than enough. It's all sufficient for me. For me, we as intercessors, right now, partake of the all-sufficient one. That it will be enough for us to pray nightly to pray through the day, to pray continuously and be his vessel in the earth. Let's take the body of Christ. Paul writes, he says, in the same manner, he also took the cup after the supper. No new covenant can be sealed without blood. Saying, this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. He says, do this often as you drink it in remembrance of me. He says, remember that I spill my blood for you. We would say, I, I wouldn't do it. I don't know if I could go through it. But he says, my ways and my thoughts are higher than yours. I understand that a covenant a new decree cannot be ratified without blood. It must be. It must be. And I had to have one who was willing to lay their life down, to shed their blood so I came. 
sent my son. And he was willing to do my will. He loved to do my will. Isaiah tells us that his delight was in the fear of the Lord. Do I have a delight today in the fear of the Lord? Jesus declares, he says, Satan has no right to my life. There's no sin in me. He says, but I want to let the world see how much I love my father. Do you love the father enough that you will give your life for him? However he may ask. Do you love the Father enough? How many of us on this call has he been pressing upon our life to wake up earlier and earlier? But we love sleep more than we love him. Amen. Can I tell you? That there's been so many periods of my life of walking with him that I couldn't let go of the bed. And I was telling him I didn't love him more than I love my own pillow. Yeah. Yeah. In my covers. You know, those very cold mornings in Illinois. I don't have to deal with many of those now here in Texas, but didn't want to get out and touch the cold floor. When he wakes you at midnight and 1 a.m. and you're wide awake and you're wrestling to go back to sleep, but he says, will you come and wrestle with me in prayer? Jesus. He says, you know, when you're at work and you're taking your lunch break and you can't wait, you've made this lunch and you can't wait to go eat him. He says, will you give up your hour? Not eat and fast and come pray. Come walk with me over the city. Jesus said, I wanted to show the world that I love my father more than I cared about my life. My God, my God. More, more than I cared about the pain of death. I wanted them to know that I loved Do, do we see him like that as intercessor? Are we willing to pray when others say it's enough? Are we willing to pray when everything within us says we can't do it, but we know he's calling? Are we willing when we're out with a group of friends? And we're having a good time, but we feel the tongue and the nudge of the Lord to come alone and be with him. Are we able to leave? Or do we feel the peer pressure of remaining in the group so that we could be like everyone else and we don't want to miss out on anything? But we're willing to miss out on time with the Lord. He, he, he spilled his blood because he wanted the world to know. I love my daddy. He's everything to me. And, and as we take his blood right now, 
I want us to ponder. Do I love the Father like before? Do I love the Father that no matter what He asks of me, He can have? That no matter what He asks of me to do, I will do. No matter how convenient or inconvenient it is, because let me tell you, when the Lord comes, it will never be convenient to human plans. It is why the scriptures tell us that when he returns, it will be like a thief in the night. Jesus. I don't know if there's ever been a convenient time to have a thief show up. <laughs> it will never be convenient to your human emotions and sensibilities and your feelings and your plans. Why? Because his ways are higher. His thoughts are higher. They're not ours. And when his time is ready, so often, ours are not. So often we are going in an opposite direction of the Lord or in a standstill position and we don't know it until we feel the nudge and the tug. And then we say, oh, I don't know. Oh, man, I don't know if I can do that. I don't know if I can say that. I don't know if I can go over there. But we have the example of our Lord and our King. I go, even though Satan has no right for me, because there's no sin. I've given him no access. He says, but I go because I want the world around me to know. I love my father. Are you embarrassed of the father? Are we embarrassed of the father? Because let me tell you, it will become more and more dangerous in the days of Herod to be Christian, to be believers. And yet he requires of it. Mark 8.38 if you deny me in front of this adulterous generation, if you deny me in front of a generation that has no covenant with me, but you have covenant with me, he says, I will deny you before my father. His ways and his thoughts are not mine. They're higher. He spilled his blood that I might have covenant with him. Simply because he loved the Father. Do I love him enough to give my life in every way? However he's asking. The Holy Spirit is quickening you now and I know it. Of ways that he's spoken and asked. And drawn you and poured you. Are you willing to give that for the Father? As we take the blood, remember Jesus did it for the 
the love of the Father that the world of which you and I were a part of might see this love and desire it. Because if you know that the reason he could love the Father that way is because the Father first loved him that way. And if you and I, I'll just talk about me, if I cannot love the Father that way, then it means I have not become acquainted with his love for me. Because when I become acquainted with his love for me, I will withhold no amount of my love for him. We love those deeply who deeply love us. And the Father loves us beyond any human being has, can, or will ever love us. And in order for me to love him in return, I must become acquainted with his love. So as we take this cup, let's remember Jesus forged this covenant out of love. And when the Father touches our hearts as intercessors because he has, he is, and he will, because the nation require it. China, Taiwan, Australia, they're awake when we are asleep. And the Lord will come to us to wake us in the middle of our sleep to pray for a nation, a people on the other side of the world who are awake. Will we get up? Will we wake up? The enemy is working in his midnight hours with with his witches, warlocks, demons while we sleep. Will we wake and take authority and command the day for the kingdom of God? Do we love him enough to say this body can sleep for eternity? But you strengthen me by your grace and your power and your glory. Because here, I'll say this last thing. Because when the glory comes in Isaiah, if we are ready for the glory, do you know that no man can die in the glory? In the glory, Adam and Eve would have lived forever. Yeah. Because his presence, in his presence there is no sin and there is no death. The glory is his manifest presence. Are we glory ready? Are we getting ready for the glory? All of these times of love and obedience, they're ready in us because the day is coming. Where deep darkness will be upon the people and darkness will cover the earth. However, his glory, glory will come and rise in the same moment. Are we glory ready? Yes, Lord. In his presence, nothing wastes away. In his presence, there's no sickness, there's no disease, there's no death in his glory. 
all of these moments are telling him whether we're ready for his glory or not. Jesus, we thank you for your blood that was shed for a new and better covenant for us to walk with you and love you. Teach us to love you and walk in your love. Have your way right now amongst this family and this community of intercessors that we will give our lives because we desire the world to know the love we have for you and for them to see the love you have for us. Let's take the blood. Let's take the blood. Father, I just thank you for this time together. I thank you for the partaking of your communion, of your body, of your blood. I thank you for this privilege of setting up a memorial before you here in the earth. A memorial of remembrance of your passion, of your love, of your power, and of your authority as Lord of Lords and King of Kings and of your return to set up your kingdom in Israel and your setting your enemies completely under your feet. We thank you that you've allowed us and given us the privilege to partake in your glory, to partake in your kingdom. And we yield ourselves even at this moment and we say, yes, Lord, have your way. We say, yes, Lord, your servant hears and we obey. We say yes to you now in Jesus' name.